What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sun's Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in here in Columbia, well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, JC Sherbert. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm gonna tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Happy Tuesday and welcome aboard. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Columbia Studios, JC, JB, and Phil here till 1 o'clock this afternoon. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. If you've been around the University of South Carolina's athletics department, you've seen their work everywhere, and it is magnificent. If you need something a sign on your business or on your vehicle, like a vehicle graphic or a sign in your front yard saying happy birthday, grandma, if she's turning 100 years old or something like that. It could be anything, but Signorama certainly will do it, and they'll do it better than everybody else, interior and exterior. Banners and more discounts are certainly available there, and it is owned and operated by Gamecock alumni Signorama in Columbia, South Carolina, 803-407-928. Four. We're awaiting some news coming from South Carolina, the uh, ever-popular 1110 project, at least on the big spur boards. Uh, is, uh, we're at least expected to get some type of news on that, and once we do, we will fuss and discuss with all of you throughout the, uh, throughout the afternoon until we're here at 1 o'clock today. Speaking of while we're here, at noon we'll be joined by Gamecock baseball head coach Mark Kingston. We'll have some fun with him because... He was supposed to join us earlier, and he texted me last night and said he had an eye appointment. And my response was, well, the SEC is tough, and if your head coach is blind, it's going to be even more difficult. Uh, so, uh, you got to throw a fastball five feet out of the strike zone and Kingston gets thrown out, tossed. Here he comes storming out of the dugout. Hey! Uh, so, uh, oh, not good, huh? So well, I look forward to giving giving Coach King uh, some some trouble about his eyesight. Hopefully everything's okay there. But um, so we we really look forward to talking to him today. I'm I am as excited as I've been in a while personally about this 
this 2023 South Carolina baseball team. So um, looking forward to that. By the way, Fan Fest is coming up at 1.30 on Saturday. So if you're going to be in the Midlands or you're not and you'd just like to go get a get a little bit of a peek at, uh, at what they're working with out there, head to Founders Park, 1.30 on Saturday. Expected to be chilly, but good weather. And, um, and check them out. Say hello to this year's Gamecock baseball program. With that said, say hello to JC and Phil. What's up, guys? Morning. Doing well. Uh, do, I, I, wait, I do I need to add one of these little taglines, clown and not drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss the memo? Did y'all Are y'all on a private text? No, no, said, no. Love, love. no just great minds, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, mine said loves Bucky's yesterday. Um, and I didn't go with the double Bucky's because I have a Bucky's beanie too, in addition to, uh, the, the full scale uh, beaver hat I had on yesterday. It just had my other one has the little Bucky's uh, guy there. Um, so I didn't go, I didn't go back to back Bucky's today. So I, I was just regular old clown. Yeah. And clown I, uh, somebody accused right. me of having some drinks in the chat box yesterday. So I just wanted to re- reassure everybody that I, <laughs> I am not. Uh, not, <laughs> not drinking. So, <laughs> now we do, we do have a St. Patrick's Day episode. That's that we funny. did say to one of our chat boxers, we said, we, well, we'll, we can, we'll consider maybe having a, like a Friday show, having some Guinnesses or something in honor of St. Patrick's Day, which, by the way, in Chicago, it's like it's like Mardi Gras. St. Patrick's Day is. It's, yeah. it's literally like Mardi Gras. I mean, it's a, there's such a big Irish presence here. There's parades. How many are St. Patrick's Day parade? Come on. Yeah. Uh, this game is not over. I hope I don't see that guy. Jerry. That's Jerry Day. Come to Little Owls. Yeah, he'll like literally like text Nat because they're old friends, you know? How about that? He, and he's got, got the keys to a bar. Yes, that's There awesome. we are. Yes. Live yes. in a chopper. Airwolf. Airwolf. Uh, the, cock, the, the, the cock chopper. Y'all remember Airwolf? Maybe this guy Jerry, the, the Notre Dame guy that I'm convinced has buried people in concrete before. He's old school Irish uh, that scared me at the game. He'll literally, he has a keys to a bar named Little Owls. And every now and then he and his buddies will go break in or whatever before they open. <laughs> it's Jerry Day. Come to Little Owls. You know, and that's like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm in a meeting at work. I've got that work thing going on. By the way, I want to brag on her for a second. The reason I, I figured out why did I lose my voice so bad, it's still not 100%. I apologize for that. Um, and, and I figured out what the karaoke. It's like her and I have a like a really good relationship that she's one of the only people that I could sit in the car and literally talk to. And I, I just realized my whole 11, 11 hours down to Spartanburg uh, Thursday, I was constantly talking. <laughs> so I talked for 11 hours straight. No wonder my voice is gone. Yeah, you guys think I could do the show for like we did a, if we did a marathon or something? I'd probably have the same thing. So Jabberjaws here screwed his own voice up. So, you know, I was like, ah, tried to blame the karaoke. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I think this is the first head coach we've had on the show. We've had Shane Beamer on uh, J- uh, JC and Morgan on that podcast I do. But yeah. I think this is the first time on the Inside the Gamecocks we've had a uh, head coach uh, at Carolina. I'm sure it won't be the last one. So no, it won't. Uh, looking forward to getting with, with oh, Kingston. Exciting. And I, sh- I, I share the enthusiasm. I'm loving the way the schedule's setting up. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of takes me back to the Tanner era, where you know you had opening weekend, and then 
you know, the Clemson series came and went, and then that was, you know, then, then about March, you know, you start paying attention again. Because so so, you're just not playing. But I, I think that's a, that's a formula that's worked around here. Don't don't overschedule in the non-conference. Try to win your midweek games once you get into conference. Because uh, you get to 40 wins in this league, which, which Coach Kingston, unfortunately, has not won 40 games in a season since he's been here. Um, and I don't know that it's all on him because I think they've had some pretty, you know, tough non-conference schedules and things like that uh, that have prevented that. But uh, 40 wins, as you always say, Jamie, in this league, uh, 40 total wins. If you, and you get to 500 in the SEC, you're probably hosting a regional. So uh, oh, I think yeah. that's good. Yeah, well, look, you know, you you – there, there are no, there are no excuses, uh, and 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 Coach King will be the first one to tell you that. You know, he he knows what the expectations are here. I mean, Carolina for a long, long time, every year. I mean, you, you knew, you knew every year you could count on Gamecock baseball to win forty plus games, and, and that yeah. they were always going to have a chance. Uh, and um, you know, certainly the last few years have not been ideal. I, I'll say going back to last year, and I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't, unless you're a baseball purist and you really truly understand the game, understand this league. Uh, I, I don't think anybody has any clue how difficult last year was on them when all those arms went down. I mean, they, they, I, I, I don't, I don't know what you do. I mean, they were, they had, they didn't have any arms left. I mean, it was, and, and that was piled on top of the year before where they had already had injuries that were rolling over into 22. And so, you know, it was um, – that was that was hard. And it was hard to watch in, because it's so frustrating. And, I, and, you know, if it's frustrating for us, I, you can imagine how frustrating it is for Coach King and, and JP, Justin Parker, the pitching coach, right? So here's what I'll say, and, of course, we'll let Mark take it from there. He'll, he'll tell you all about his baseball team. I can't tell you, but – I know this. The roster's better, and this and the coaching staff is upgraded. Okay, so and, and they and they seemingly are pretty healthy, unless he spills the beans on anything today that 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 nobody really knows about, which we'll certainly ask him. Um, but they they are much healthier than they were going into the twenty two season. That is that is for dang sure, and, and looking forward to seeing them play. Absolutely, and, and they've got arms, and you know, I, I think it was John John Whittle I was talking to, um, and he had talked to. Kingston, I guess, maybe publicly or off the record. I don't, I don't know, but he said, you know, last year, those midweek embarrassing losses, uh, you know, they just, they weren't really rolling out uh, outstanding pitchers, you know, and um, this year, you know, that guy that takes the hill on Tuesday or takes the hill on Wednesday will be a guy that's quality enough to start uh, on the weekends in the SEC. So it's oh, yeah. a completely different setup pitching wise. Um, and look, everybody wants to score more runs. That's, uh, I think, in general, all of Carolina sports' last academic year. Uh, you know, you looked at football, baseball, even women's basketball had trouble. They, they weren't the best shooting team in the world, you know. Um, more of a defensive style team, even though they're a national champion. So I think everybody affiliated with the Gamecocks would like to see more points, runs, whatever in a given sport. Uh, just simply because it seemed like everybody's offense struggled last season. And I think, you know, you got a new approach at the plate with Monty Lee coming in. And uh, so a lot of new players. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how this thing sets up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really am. And, and I'll, uh, you know, I, I one of the things that 
I, I you, you, y'all grew up like this. We, we all grew up kind of the same way. I grew up at Sarge Fry Field. I mean, I literally grew up at Sarge Fry Field. I knew the place inside and out. Um, and, 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 um, everybody that played there <laughs> forever. Uh, and, and that was a place that you, you, you just didn't enjoy playing in. If you were an opponent, you did not want uh, to go to the Sarge. God, um, everybody's it, right on top of you and whistling uh, at you. And, oh, it was tough. The oot yeah. guy was oot oot and oot yeah. and the hell out of the, everything. Yeah, the, the, the third base hecklers were were <laughs> they were awful at times. Um, I mean, they were they were hard to deal with. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, bat boying at the College of Charleston, and I did that because I lived in Charleston, but I had a that's where I first, of course, met Monty Lee. Um, in 1997, I think it was. This, the Cougs came up here, and it might have, might have been 96. I think it was 97, though. Came, came to Columbia, got swept at the Sarge, but there was one game that Monty hit three home runs in. I mean, he hit three tanks. And uh, Gamecock still won. Of course, here I am wearing Cougar stuff, but I'm a Gamecock, so I'm, like, pulling for South Carolina uh, to win. But I'm in the dugout with Coach Civitary and the Cougars, right? Well, these hecklers are yelling at me. Because I had a sweater on that was too big, a sweatshirt that was way too big uh, oh. to wear. So they're making fun of me as like a kid. I was like eleven or twelve or something, and um, and uh, but I was like, yeah, no, I feel you. It, I I'm on your side, guys. <laughs> you know, but you couldn't say that. But those guys were brutal, right? And then they moved to Founders Park, and Founders Park uh, certainly for a long time was an elite place to play. And I feel like when Carolina's good, it really is. Um. But, you know, the fans have been frustrated, you know, so at times you, you just don't see a bunch of them in there. But if I could say anything, I live in Charleston, uh, and if we could live in Columbia, we would, but we can't. If I lived in Columbia, I, I would I would be there watching baseball all the time because I love Carolina baseball. So I just hope that that fans will go have fun, take your kids, and build a playground out there for God's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, take, you know, go, go, go enjoy it. You know, Carolina baseball is a lot of fun. It really is. And, and I think this is going to be a really, really, really – good year for them by the way king just texted me phil did you have you sent him a link i did yes i have i sent it to him around 10 30 10 35 yeah okay he said he didn't have one so we'll uh we'll figure that I'll out during the break. i'll send him another one uh, how old am i marcus i'm 71 years old <laughs> you look damn good you look great. 37 <laughs> i am 37 years old right out there all right We'll get a good break in here and uh, get back. Nana Sports chat box is lit up. Um, I yeah. will caution everybody on the 1110 project. I don't know that you're going to see anything out there while we're on the show. I just got a text about that. I, I think they're shooting for a 130 release. Um, I can I can talk about it as much as I am allowed to uh, before that release. But uh, I'll say this. A lot of people have kind of guessed uh, here, there, and yonder about it. Um, and, and some of it has some truth and some of it's off. And, and, and I'll say this, the beauty of the deal, if, if any, any deal really is always in the details. And so I would encourage everybody to wait for the details before you judge it. Don't be prejudging this thing. Okay. Don't yeah. get, don't stand there in judgment of the, the 1110 project till you know. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's roll, uh, have a break and then we'll come back back. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks! Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer. And you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a no-obligation consultation about a potential backyard retreat for your home. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to talk to you about all your upstate residential real estate needs. Hey, I'm in the Sarge now. We're talking about the Sarge. 
Yeah, live from the stars. Nice. Live field. It's like uh, you got your flood. His flux capacitor started working, and you know, <laughs> I, 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 the, I, the Mister Fusion on top, and got in the DeLorean. I, I've said this for a while. I, I sent it to uh, Eric Nichols one time, and uh, I've mentioned it to Coach King. I guess nobody cares or nobody wants to listen. I, I guess I need to find, call Coach Tanner, and I'm sure he'd be thrilled to pick up the phone and just, yeah, you know what, everybody, stop what you're doing and let's do this. But I, but I really think I think it'd be neat. At, at Founders Park, there's so much space, like on the concourse. I think it would be neat if they could somehow find a way to build a replica or a very small museum of Sarge Fry Field. Um, because That's there are, idea. you know, or if you could do it on an outfield wall or something, like a big photo of Sarge Fry Field with the Sarge on it or something. It was just, it was one of the great places to play. And there are so many amazing memories there. Uh, and some of the. <laughs> players that came through there are just sick it's sick man. that's a great yeah. idea they're gonna have a probably have enough money to do it once this project gets rolling so maybe they can include they it sit in like yeah they can get my what my lazy river idea and the football ops building going too you know <laughs> now that they're they're gonna be rolling in dough over there um as if they were poor to begin with nana sports chat box is rocking and rolling um uh okay all right, yeah, yeah, I wasn't aware we had a mental edge today, so we do. Uh, yes, I, I thought we had bumped it. So anyway, you know I and that's yeah. Phil, but we I, probably got a little lost in communication there I, when we. Yeah, uh, well, we I didn't know. Lost. Yeah, I we, was we, doing stuff while I was texting was, everybody yesterday too. That's my. Thought. Oh well, I apologize then. <laughs> Here I was just doing my own thing. Uh, right. Ladies and gentlemen, the mental edge with Sawyer Nicks. That's right. We will bring him in on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. None other than Sawyer Nicks. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. Fourth Square. Yeah. Now yeah, your sign your Sinorama Studios look good too. We need to get you to the Sarge where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> they look outstanding. Jamie out there living well, life today. Well, you know, it's, it's so, sorry. I, today. So this is a, you know, this project, I guess, is being announced. And, and so to kind of tie it into what you do, um, excitement, expectations, dealing with disappointment, uh, dealing with uh, let down. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think too many people will be let down if they, you know, look at the, at the thing. But uh, when everybody's, you know, when you build to something, inevitably there's always some sort of letdown if uh right you know um if it happens so, so how do you kind of uh when you're when you're a fan or involved in anything um i guess uh deal with expectations that's uh, that's probably the broader uh subject expectations well i would say for the most of us we probably don't get to enjoy the luxury boxes at, at williams price or these other places and I don't know what the project is going to bring, but I suspect a lot of it will be off limits to the poor broke fan like myself. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, really? you know, part of it is, is managing. So, you know, limit what you, you know, when you hear something new, like a new restaurant comes in town and all of a sudden you go and things don't go as, as smooth. It's like, uh, what happened here? It's just a restaurant. It's just people. Um, it's supposed to be a, you know, this isn't necessarily a five star, you know, with its bubble. You know, sir, this is an Applebee. This is an Applebee, yeah. sir. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so it is important for us to kind of limit. It's hard to do when we're emotionally involved. I think I've talked about that before. When we get emotionally involved in things, sometimes our emotions go kind of off center, if you want, if you want to say that. So it is hard to manage expectations. But it's, all right, what's reasonable? And and also the the comparison is what's going on right now. You know, not not what am I looking forward to or what should be. You know, again, a lot of, we have a lot of that. Here's what it should be, or here's what here's what they should be doing in, in the restaurant. Well, no, here's what's going on. You know, you either take it or, or leave it and adjust to it. So with this project coming on, it will be, and it's going to be some great, great things from what I've heard. Um, and for us fans, it's we're either going to like it or we're not. And they didn't ask my opinion. And I have a feeling they didn't ask y'all's opinion, but um, I could be wrong. But, you know, it's got to take it and, take it or leave it. And then we have to figure out how to, how to adjust from, from there. So, Oh no, they asked my opinion. I've been, I've been, I've been telling them what my, what I think for a long time on this deal. Um, you know, chance, she texts me every so often and it's a chance, <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 I'll, uh, let me, let me, let me rephrase JC's question from my version. Does anybody really care as long as you're winning football games? Hey, that's it. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I mean, it shows the investment in not just financially, but investment in the program, which I think is it the foundation of what Beamer's doing. You know, NIL aside, you know, recruiting aside, uh, coordinator aside, it's, it's about the program. It's about the team, and they emphasize that over and over and over. And I think this move just again further indicates that it's, it's about the program. It's about the team, um, not not about any one specific thing. I think this is going to just help solidify that. Well, and it's JC. Let to be careful here, but let's. Mm, yeah, we got to be careful. I, 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 I want to be careful, but 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 let's let's. This is not just about football. We can say that much, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, this uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's uh, as as I said before, the the beauty of a lot of things is in the the details. And uh, I would just uh, I would caution against people thinking this is another thing that caters to rich, quote unquote, rich fans, um, because I think it'll have a positive impact on all of us, right. every one of us, uh, you know, from fans to media to people that do the show to Columbia, the city of Columbia in general. Um, and, and there's beauty in this deal. I'll just say that. Shut my mouth. Shut my mouth. Uh, in the chat box, um, Realistic Joel says, does it include free men's basketball tickets? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually how they're funding the whole thing. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, those, those men's basketball tickets are a valuable commodity. So, uh, okay. buy one, but get you, seven free. Buy one, get seven free. And he had a Hardee's coupon. I bet instead of giving away Chick-fil-A, free Chick-fil-A, to, if, like, if they miss the free throw or whatever the hell that is they do, which is really the lo- the loudest the crowd gets. It's the CLA sometimes. Yeah. Maybe just give everybody a free sandwich that shows up. Because I think probably. Let's hand them out at the door. I think probably, you know, you'd be like, you get 18000 in there. Everybody loves free Chick-fil-A. Yeah, don't right. give it out to the second half. And then. Right. That's the, <laughs> I, I love. Everybody clears out, you know, they go home with their sandwich. They're happy. You know, I, 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 I love. Cock. Yeah. I love not free Chick Fil A. I love Chick Fil A no matter what the cost is. Oh, Chick Fil A around here is pissing but, me off. They got off DoorDash and they're 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 two towns over. Oh, 
So I oh. got to get my butt in the car. That's sad. And drive it's a t- to like it's a tough from, world we live in. From There's Columbia no- to Columbia to Irmo or something to get my Chick Fil A. Sawyer, get, get, coach him through this mentally. You know the old days of actually having to drive to get your food. You know it, it's <laughs> that's right. Like having to pick up the phone before you actually knew who was on the other side. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> remember when like it was cool when you got caller ID. Your parents said like, "Oh my god, we have caller ID. We have call return." Yeah. I know who's calling yeah. now. Yeah. Well, even contacts being... in your phone. You know, I, I mean, now you can. Siri called XYZ restaurant. Right, you can block me. people. Yeah. And, and there's an app for everything. You know, oh, I, I'd like to, you know, get a massage on Tuesday. There's an app for that. I'd like to, never mind. I'm not going to get him the massage. <laughs> oh, boy. Easy. Easy. All right. All right. Sawyer, you, but, but we are talking about basketball. The women have been number one for 33 straight weeks. Yes. I mean, in, in the mind of a in the mind of a human, building yourself into a winner, like how, kind of describe that to me because I I think it is really interesting. They, you know, they oftentimes you'll hear players and coaches say that right. Like what, once you get a taste of it, you you can't you can't let it oh, go. Yeah. You just can't let it go, right? So they've got a taste of it. They they are the consensus number one team. They are the best basketball team in in the country. Uh, and, and women's basketball, there's no doubt about it. And they're defending national champions. But kind of describe what maybe they're going through right now, uh, specifically from the players, and kind of meeting those expectations night in and night out. Well, they want to solidify what they're doing. They want no, I guess to use a, a catchphrase, no chinks in the armor, right? So if you look, they're getting coached hard. It doesn't matter what quarter it is, what period it is, they're getting coached hard, uh, whether it's third string, um, whoever's left on the bench, everyone's getting coached hard. And they want to own their own place and their position and their responsibilities. And that's really important. And I think last year, they certainly had an awesome team, an excellent team, and it showed at the end. And this year, they want to continue that, but they want to build on top of that. And there's some players that they love winning, but there's some players that they absolutely hate losing. And they want they don't want to be the person that's responsible or, or shares some responsibility and why well, I, I dropped my, my piece of the puzzle. They want to be fully engaged and fully responsible in, in doing what they can do, working within a team to keep that momentum going. And so they're constantly improving, constantly looking for, all right, what do I need to do? What do I need to sustain? How can I you know, get better? And that, I think that's one of the things about competitors that have a taste that you, as you mentioned, they want to get back. They're going to work hard. Sometimes people that haven't had a taste, well, I'll work hard until it's too hard, until the work is too hard. And then, well, I'm not sure if I'm willing to invest as much. But these players, they've had that taste, not all of them. A lot of them have had a taste, and then they're wanting to get back there. And they realize, they recognize and realize it takes hard work, and they're willing to do that. They're just trying to bring the newer players along and make sure they're on board to keep just improving game to game, week to week, moment to moment, so that there's no cracks, so that they'll be solidified as they go into the playoff season or, you know, the tournament uh, for the SEC tournament. You know, they lost last year, of course. So I think that's a motivating factor this year, you know, um, making sure that they get into the NCAA, you know, no, no letdowns. And defense is a big focus, I know, and 
they've developed a whole lot of uh, shooters this year, and, and their play across the boards improved. So. The mental edge of Sawyer Nick. So in the chat box, uh, Brian asked, uh, or Stacy, I'm sorry, mentally, do you buy into the theory it may be better to lose before the NCAA tournament to take no. the pressure off? I, no, no. No, no I, I think that's, you know, I nobody you. says, I want to lose so no. I can win later. Yeah. I, I think on the men's side, I think people, you know, because that really good UNLV team that lost to Duke and then the really good Kentucky team a few years ago that lost to Wisconsin. On the men's side, I think we're, we're, I actually buy into that on, on, in that sport. There have been a lot of undefeated women's basketball teams, I think, uh, UConn through the years and, and some really dominant performances. So I, I'm with you, but I'll let you speak. My bad. I, I didn't I, to, I, yeah, and I want to I want to piggyback on that. I love how Sawyer interrupted before you even finished the sentence because no. that, that is such a and, – and, and I get it. I'm not – Stacey, I'm not picking on you at all, at all, because I even say it. I'm like, well, at least they got it out of their system before they get in there. But as an athlete, it's totally a fan thing. There's not right. an athlete on earth yes. that is like, I tell you what, guys, let's get, let's get beat tonight. We're gonna get trademarked. <laughs> like, you know? Shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna mail it in. Right, guys? Yeah. Mail yeah. it in. That doesn't happen. Everybody. Yeah, five days and this this team's so good. Like even if there's a situation where they, they rested their starters or something, Carolina's third team would probably beat most women's basketball teams around yeah. the country. I think. Right. Yeah. So um all right. Sorry, we'll go. Go ahead. Can I ask you one more? You got sure. This is I, I'm really intrigued by this. I know we're on women's basketball, but um, and, and I'm sure there's a thousand. I mean, you know, how about the men? What are they going through? I, you know, and and there's a Gigi question I've got too. I wrote that down. Um, but y- you uh, you got LSU coming up this week. Yeah. Okay. All right, and and you're it should be one and two. I know they hopped Indiana over LSU, but LSU probably should be the second team in the country. SEC's a little down this year. Um, on the other side, LSU like they're not as good as South Carolina, but but it, it, they do have Kim Mulkey, and she is a winner, whether you like her or not. She wins. She's a fire. Uh, she is. What do you think her approach is this week to get her team ready for this game at the CLA? Well, it's you know they haven't played. Her approach was probably well. Yeah, they played UConn, but you know UConn's not UConn of past. You know they're they're kind of maybe as as some fans say. Well, they're UConn in name. Maybe it's the name of UConn, but not the team. Well, now you're the team that's going to go up against Carolina. You know mm-hmm. you're the team that's going to challenge them. They haven't had to fight anybody. They've been able to rest their starters, but we're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to rebound. We're going to we're going to play some press. We're going to, whatever their game plan is, she's going to emphasize that. And we're going to push them and we're going to shock them because they haven't had anybody competitive, you know, uh, for the most part. There haven't been any games other than the UConn game that's been close. I mean, like you said, it's, it's been third team out there. So I, I think that's her message is we're going to push them and they're not going to know what's going to happen if, if I'm, if I'm her uh, and use her you know, her personality to really motivate the team uh, for LSU and have them go full force, almost like what happened with the South Carolina-Tennessee game. I mean, it was the same thing football season. It's like, you know, we're going to hit them so hard. And even the coaches said that. If you go back on Gamecocks Plus, you can see that was what they said. 
hey, we've been practicing, we've been preparing, we've been growing week to week, and Tennessee is not going to know what's going to hit them. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And so I think she's going to have a similar message for the LSU ladies. What about the men? Yeah. Where are they right now? I mean, they're, they can't, they can't pull out a win. Now you got your star. How how uh, there's a we could probably come up with a lot of questions on this one, right? But I mean, like if it's you know, I I guess I would start with with Coach Paris. I mean, you know, how do you keep your program in the moment right now with everything that's surrounding it? Well, you give them a task to focus on every game. All right, this game we're going we're doubling down on moving moving the ball we're doubling down on rebound you know whatever you just give them a task to focus on that's really small and we tend to be successful when we do that as well you know when we focus on a task you know the the stereotypical 1950s when men didn't go in the delivery room what do they do oh well you go boil water you go walk out in the hallway you know you just walk the hallway you know focus on a task because you, you, know, you can't be in the delivery room well i think for them it's very much the same thing. Coach Paris is all right. I got to give them a task to focus on very detail oriented. And when we activate our, our main, our brain and our mind, our emotions kind of come down. It's like a balance. If our, if our emotions are real high, you know, our thinking is, is not as high and, and vice versa. And so when we really drive the thinking part. We don't want to overthink as athletes, you know, cause you, you want to be fluid and move and use the talent God gave you. But when you start having trouble and have trouble competing, then it's, all right, how do we op operate the other side a little bit? Think a little more so that those negative emotions don't pull the team down. Well, there's a lot of those. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kim, Kim Mulkey. Yeah, I, I'm not a Kim I'm Mulkey person. I, 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 uh, she's like a lover. People either love her or hate her. She's like, ti like Tiger King, kind of. I think she's a tiger queen, really. You think she's about tiger queen, LSU. She's the tiger she queen. She's That's Carol Baskin. Don Staley's going to become her Carol Baskin. <laughs> Would she know? be uh, Coach O's girlfriend if he was still there? Or no, he's he goes for half her age, doesn't he? I like the, the ones a little bit younger than Kim, but I suddenly think that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably uh, give me a couple of vodka drinks and a, and a nice uh, a nice cigar, and I may, uh, I may uh, take part in that. <laughs> a cigar? I didn't say Bill Clinton. I said Coach O. You don't think Coach, O's, you don't think Coach O will have a stogie? Is Bill Clinton the only – Person alive that's allowed to smoke a cigar. He doesn't yeah, smoke. Spencer Rattler was smoking a cigar after the Clemson win. I don't think he was interested right in the smoking part of this the cigar. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd smoke Kim Mulkey. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. Back in the day, I would. Boy, ooh, goodness gracious! I drive up from the can of average jambalaya in my Pinto from Biola Force and uh, the Baton Rouge, and uh, me and Kim would have a nice night out. <laughs> Usually involved one of those bars with the Christmas lights around the top and the, the velvet floor and the, the ashtrays and the peanuts, peanuts with bacteria in them. Sorry, and hard what, liquor. And what would you? But, nothing but hard liquor. How would you coach a couple of a uh, couple of uh, media hosts who don't know how to maneuver themselves around the third one? When he <laughs> 
<laughs> randomly. Oh, I know how to maneuver. You just back out and let it happen. That's the, <laughs> just <laughs> that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> oh, JC's having video problems again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, what's, going on? what's going on, guys? <laughs> All right. So, well, we got to get to a break, obviously, because we got Kingston coming up, and we got to get uh, we got to get out of here, Sawyer. But uh, that was one of the more fun mental edges I think we've had. They're always fun and informative. But uh, last week, you know, I'd had a death, and uh, and it got a little somber, to be honest, during the mental edge. So uh, uh, good there, good from there. But appreciate it, Sawyer. Looking forward to having you on next Tuesday. Keep keep rocking and rolling, and uh, uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon, bud. Sounds good. Y'all have a great week. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks, Sawyer. Yes, sir. Right. The mental uh, time edge. Time for a timeout, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's get a, a T.O., baby. Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh. There you go. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tire by the tail, he has. They better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an uptown twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Brought to you by Express Sunreads of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, or shoot them an email at johnb at expresssunrooms.com. They'll be happy to come by and talk to you about uh, bringing some sunshine into your life here for the beautiful summer we have upcoming. And, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team sponsor the first hour of the show. 864-414-5271 is the number to get in touch with Cindy for all of your upstate residential real estate needs. You know, I just had a thought. 
I wonder if we can get Matt and the team at Sinorama. I wonder if they can. You know the, you know the sunshades. Um, some of them are elect, uh, remote control, like that you can mm. put in your sunroom from Express Sunrooms, and you click it and it and it you know comes down. And I wonder if Matt can put like a Gamecock logo or something on that to when it comes down. Oh, and it would kind of be backlit by the sun. That would be nice. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be smaller, I think. Matt, if you're if you're listening or watching, um, we got an idea. Get somebody on that. Call me. I don't need any royalties or anything. I just I just figured I'd help people spice up their their sunroom. Spice that sunroom up. Or like, or if you if you could do it like like the background, like I've got the Sarge. Like if you had like a, a a nice picture of like. Founders Park or Williams Bryce, and and they could print that on the the sunscreen. Wouldn't that be cool? I love it. I love I the like idea. That's a great idea. I'm excited a, about this plan. I'm excited to be a cover. part of it. <laughs> a cock cover. That's yes. Well, that's what you could call it during the games too. Uh, Carolina's minus seven and a half. They won by ten. That's a cock cover for you. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that is indeed. Went from Bill, <laughs> I love it. Bill, Bill Clinton cigars to cock covers. That's nice. Yeah, no good doubt. We can, uh, that's a good day. Uh, I help consulting mailbag question to get back on track here. Uh, <laughs> some of the cock cover discussion. But I, I do think if, if you like say you go to Express Sunrooms and you do get that big shade, like we, we want a big shade for our like back porch because it gets brutally sunny out there sometimes in the summertime. I know you don't believe that because it's Chicago, but it does. Um, uh, and that a, a big Gamecock shade like that would be awesome. And, and you can go to Express Sunrooms and, and also go to pick up your Sinorama thing if they do it, and then just swing on by Express Sunrooms and really make us look like we're awesome uh, advertising partners <laughs> if you want to yeah. do that. Uh, Brian, or Baron, Bear. Bear. That is. Bear. JC, JB, and Phil, two questions. Is Lonnie Teasley the best surprise as far as recruiter on staff? Uh, I, you know, I've always heard good things behind the scenes since he's been here about his ability to relate to, to players. But, guys, I don't know about y'all. I, I'll be honest. I didn't expect a bunch of four stars from out of state plus Marquis Anderson last cycle. And then you top, you know, you come back and you're going to get two more franchise offensive tackles this year from within the state, probably Blake Franks too. I don't know that I expected him to be that crazy, uh, you know, that crazy good the, 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 at this point in time. Yeah, but I don't know if we're surprised by anybody on staff being, you know, an adept recruiter considering we have one at the helm. Uh, but, you know, you could see it brewing even when, you know, Adkins was – the offensive line coach because all of these recruits would tag him in anything they did in social. Like he yeah. would be one of the first ones on there. So you know immediately this guy's having an impact. Yeah, I think that's no a good doubt. point. I and I and I think that what we uh collectively have probably all learned is just to kind of trust whomever Coach Beamer puts in whatever chair he puts that individual in. Yeah. Um you know, from a recruiting standpoint, clearly, I mean, obviously, that you know, that it, it wasn't what you wanted it to be from an OC standpoint um, prior to Coach Sat departing. That 
left a lot to be desired. There's no doubt there. But I mean, from from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, it comes up every time that somebody is hired, right? Well, you know, who is this guy? Can he recruit? Can he not recruit? Well, I mean, they 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 can all recruit. I the one that most people continue to kind of question is Montario Hardesty. I will raise my hand right now and tell you I am not questioning that anymore. Um, I, I have plenty of information to go on that says he he's done a fine job recruiting. And uh, just because you don't see his name on the 24-7 sports data chart that says that he's this guy or that guy or whatever it is, it does not mean that he's not had an unbelievable impact on many of the men in that, that locker Right. People need to keep in mind, too, because it's not like it used to be. I mean, so much has changed, right, uh, with regards to recruiting, with NIL, the portal, whatever. Beamer's staff and Muschamp's staff did this to a certain extent. You still had, like, guys like Bobby Bentley. Bobby would go out and sign guys at all kinds of different positions, you know, whether in his territory. So he was more of a, a traditional type recruiter. Um, and the best recruiter on that staff was Will Musch, Will was Will Muschamp. I mean, Will, just about every big-time guy Carolina got, he was right there and involved with it. He was involved with everybody, really. So uh, you did have some guys like that, but it was also a lot of position recruiting. Um, like Eric Wolford would go out and he would he would just sign O-linemen across the country, uh, and that would be kind of it. Uh, this group now under Beamer is heavily focused uh, and it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a neat plan because it's a process. So you do have recruiting territories, but what, what those coaches do is they kind of make initial contact. They go to schools, they, they visit with the coach, all that, and they identify guys. And then the minute they identify and they get an offer, the position coach takes the lead. And so then you have two guys and then the head coach is involved and the coordinators involved. There's a ton of team recruiting. So on those rankings, that's basically just like who you've signed. So like, Lonnie Teasley's ranking is going to be and Jimmy Lindsay's and Sterling. It's going to be insane because their position, uh, they sign a bunch of guys at their position. Uh, and so those rankings kind of, and I wish there's one of those situations. I wish I was kind of still there uh, because I think I would go back and cause I kind of headed that up the recruiter rankings. I, I would probably go back and tweak that formula a little bit um, because I just, I, I just don't know that with the different ways people, structure their recruiting plan uh that is totally fair you know i mean if you're the running backs coach at alabama <laughs> you know you're probably gonna you know sign a bunch of guys so uh we'll see what happens with that but yeah lonnie teasley and then the second part of this question north carolina recruiting or lack of thereof sounds like a massive missed opportunity love what shane is doing but recruiting north Carolina's been a stable for us seems like it's not a focus of the staff your thoughts okay i'm gonna take this one too number one I have been Mr. You must recruit North Carolina well at South Carolina to have a chance. Uh, I am revisiting that. It's always been an opinion I've had strongly. Uh, I think that it's fine if you don't do well in North Carolina, but you, you need to go other places. And honestly, Bear, they, they weren't going to sign a group as good out of North Carolina uh, as they as Nick Harbor, Desmond Umi, Azulu, they treat Babalade, and Zabari Sandy. Uh, and in a great year in North Carolina for the Gamecocks, that, that's sort of where, what their limit. I mean, you know, you have the one year where, where Melvin Ingram, you have Melvin Ingram, Wesley Saunders, Chris Culliver, Travian Robertson, but that's been kind of an outlier. Normally, your, your group from North Carolina, you know, you get your Eric Douglases and Jalen Nichols and Sherrod Greens and guys like that. 
Um, and, and so that's number one. I don't think it matters as much as long as they continue to do work north of North Carolina because you get quality prospects there. Number two, I think there there is a shot. I mean, the, the receiver for 2024 from Burlington Cummings, and then there's a big D tackle that's right uh, in Concord, I believe. I think Carolina's in good shape for those two. So I think they're going to kind of break the drought. Uh, and then number three, it, it's not just Mac Brown that's hurting uh, hurting Carolina in that state. Uh, it, it's more of like what we all usually think about, state of the program. Um, and then NC State's been very consistent, um, you know, because Dorn's been there for a while and they have relationships and all this. So, in other words, how it was explained to me was the reason – the big reason Carolina's struggling in North Carolina is because the program's been struggling, and North Carolina kids these days either want to stay home and go to N- and NC State is is right there. Uh, they either want to stay home uh, or they they are sold out and radical. There used to be a song we sung in church: "Sold out and radical." Da da da. da. Anyway, um, they're sold out and radical to to brands like brands, like big, major, like if it's not Ohio state, uh, if, I mean, and, and look, it's, it's hurt Clemson a little bit too. Now you look and you see Tennessee's got two of the top three from that state. Well, that was a popular brand. Uh, the top four in the state of North Carolina last year, Tennessee, Ohio state, Tennessee, and Georgia, you know? So if you're not like a hot school, uh, you know, Florida state got a kid out of there. I don't know how Rico Walker ends up in Maryland. Uh, Georgia with another kid, Notre Dame. So it's not just Mac Brown. Uh, and then you get down to the other guys Carolina can sign, and it's NC State, NC State, NC State, NC State, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. And uh, so, so, so the kids just aren't into Carolina up there right now. Uh, and to change that, you have to be good uh, and keep it going. So anyway, that's uh, that's the take on North Carolina. I and I've kind of changed my opinion though, because if you can get enough quality guys from the DMV. Uh, and then, you know, you get a four-star kid out of Mississippi. You got the transfer portal. You're recruiting well in Florida. You're getting four-star kids out of Georgia. I mean, I, and then you got you to gotta clean up in state. I don't really see, you know, the need. You know, certainly everybody would like to have the top guys in North Carolina that are like Noel Rogers who went to Ohio State or whatever. But I, I just don't – to me, it's become less important because Beamer and this staff have uh, implemented a pretty – Brilliant workaround, and and I think that's what you got to do is work around and overcome, and uh, and they have because it's all about getting talent, no matter how you get it. I, I think you bring up some really interesting points. I I think that, um, and and you know what, we often say the best players in Georgia generally always go to Georgia, but that's not actually entirely true. Mm-mm. There's if too many. Go, there's too many. So if you go look at yeah the 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 top prospects in football at least in the state of Georgia uh you, you see a ton of Alabama you've seen a lot of Clemson from time to time Carolina of course has come and got some Auburn has gotten plenty Tennessee has gotten plenty you've seen some go even other places you know Florida Ohio State and things of that nature so I think we're actually kind of bordered by a couple of states where the the, the kids just seemingly it's it's a little different here in South Carolina Mississippi uh Alabama Arkansas uh, Louisiana, you know, these Bible Belt schools that are a little bit smaller, the best players for the large, large majority of the uh, of the time go to the in-state school or schools. So Clemson or Carolina, Mississippi or Mississippi State, LSU, maybe, I don't know, maybe Tulane now, definitely Arkansas, 
but not as much in Georgia because, as you mentioned, it, it, there's too many. And in North Carolina, JC, it, it, it is different. Um, I, I will – I'll add to this, though. Let me, let me ask you this. I know we got to go, so real quick here. Shane's Will said this before. Shane has said this. Even Coach Furrier said it in, in a roundabout form. They, they do consider Charlotte kind of an in-state area of, of recruiting. Is that, is that fair to still kind of categorize that as in-state? It's only, you know, it's an hour away from Columbia. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think the, the, the problem is they haven't really had, since Beamer's been here, it, it hasn't been like loaded uh, up right. there. And, right. you know, you're talking about Mac Brown and his staff or, or Ohio State, whoever's getting the guys from Charlotte, Georgia, NC State. You're talking about those guys having like a, oh, I don't know, a, um, you know, a, a big head start relationship-wise, you know, because they were just there. Like J. Braun Harvey from Durham loved South Carolina. Gamecocks finished second to the Tar Heels. He wanted to stay at home. I mean, you know, you have a you had an athlete that was a four-star player in Charlotte, in Charlotte Christian that I guess nobody agreed that he was a four-star. So, you know, App State, you know, Christian Hamilton, good enough to play South Carolina, a lot for North Carolina already. You know, that kind of thing. Chris Peel, South Carolina could have, if Georgia had not taken him, South Carolina could have gotten him. But, you know, Georgia took him. And so – um, you know, and, and a lot of these other guys, you know, and, and look, you don't want to lose this kid, Damian Hobbs, who went to Tennessee, you know, you don't want to lose guys like that to Tennessee. If you're South Carolina, Concord is right across the border. And so, you know, there is work to be done there, but I think you make up for it with the work you're doing in the DMV. So how about that? Pretty good stuff there from recruiting expert, JC Sherbert. That's right. Right here. Hey, uh, Noted guest on Inside the Game Couch, the show. All right. Uh, I guess it's time for a timeout, boys and girls. Uh, so we'll do that. Coach King is running a little bit late today. Um, so we've been texting back and forth, but we will have him here before long. He's going to let me know when he's settled into his office. And uh, and then, well, Phil, you'll know when he's settled into his office because he'll be in our, in our back room there. But um, we'll have him here soon. We'll preview the 2023 Gamecock Baseball uh, program with head coach Mark Kingston. Uh, Gamecock basketball plays in Missouri tonight. And a uh, speaking of all this recruiting, a former very, very, very notable guys uh, in-state prospect who left and went out of state to Georgia retired yesterday. But he was one of the best I ever saw, and I saw him in person uh, a lot. Uh, oh he, man, the uh, yeah, we had a great, great debate on the national level about him and Julio Jones back ooh. in. Uh, ooh, that was a tough call. Maybe you can provide some insight into that debate when we. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go behind the scenes. That would be awesome. Hang tight. Hour two coming up. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you 
to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your Lowcountry real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chickens got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. Your rooster who's born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the- Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, everybody. Oh, good. All right. I'll be cleaning up some things behind the scenes. Glad everything's working out the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> but it is brought to you by Express Sunrooms. I love that. I hear that uh, the music at the end of that one. I just keep thinking there's nobody here but us chickens. So I'll probably bring us in like that one day. But Express in Rooms in Columbia is happy to talk to you about enclosing a porch or a patio on your home and give John Barber a call to talk about that, 803-446-4662. And let's see here. Jamie, why don't you tell us about... a couple of painters helping me out here in my yeah. bonus room about how to turn it from brown to something a bit more brown. appealing. <laughs> yeah, if you want to turn your turn your uh, doo doo brown bonus room into garnet and black, you need to call a couple of painters. Matter of fact, Tristan texted me yesterday, and he told me that uh, he is uh, is already handing out quotes, and we're happy to be partnered with him as he of course paints our program garnet and black every day here in his team a couple of painters is licensed and insured in the state of south carolina and all across the state of georgia as well you can call them at 803-522-6832 or if you have a uh, a rough memory or apparently you can't see like coach kingston uh just uh voice type a couple of painters into facebook and have somebody tell you how beautiful the photos are i'm picking on coach king uh, no, head to Facebook. You, you can see so many different uh, examples of things they've done everywhere. It could be outdoor, it could be indoor, fence, deck, ceiling. They'll take the pop popcorn off your ceiling if you got the old popcorn ceilings. Pop, pop, pop. Uh, yeah. They'll shave it, paint it, the whatever you need Orville to do. Orville Redenbacher ceiling. Yeah, if you've got an Orville, Orville Redenbacher ceiling in your doo-doo brown uh, room like Phil does, then you need to call a couple of uh, painters. And uh, they'll even quote you via photos that you just text them. How about that? We love those guys and certainly appreciate them and what they do for us and everybody. Because you can never find a damn good painter. But we have found them in a couple of painters here in South Carolina. Absolutely. I'd like to see Orville Redenbacher and Colonel Sanders have a cage match to the death. So can I tell you a quick, quick story? On the way to Lexington, Kentucky in 2016 for the – Kentucky South Carolina game. We stopped in oh no. Now that I'm telling the story, it is 
I can't remember the name of the. T I think it's London, Kentucky. I think it's. Oh London, yeah, Kentucky. I just yeah. went through yeah. there yesterday until mm -hmm. Sunday. <laughs> Which is the It's the original KFC. Okay. Yeah. The original KFC. So we stop and ate at the original KFC, which I I need, I need to I hate to do this to him, but it wasn't good. Um, the KFC here in Charleston was much better. Um, so we 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 get out and there's there is a minivan pulled up with about a ten foot antenna uh, mag magnetized to the top of it, and this guy gets out and and I said, oh my god, Matt, my cousin who was with me, I said, Matt, Robbie, turn around, it's Colonel Sanders. And they looked at him, and kind of we all kind of laughed. Yeah, he does look like Colonel Sanders. But we went inside and ordered, and uh, and I joked with the girl. I said, "Yeah, I, I didn't know there, there was going to be a real Colonel Sanders here." She goes, "Oh, are y'all not in town for the Colonel Sanders lookalike contest?" Oh Lord! And I said, <laughs> "I well, no, <laughs> we're on the way to Lexington for a football game." And she goes. Oh, I get it. But on your way out of town, town, stop by. You'll see the world's largest frying pan. That's amazing. All <laughs> oh, oh, that London, Kentucky. Nice it really scared us. So we drove by a thousand Colonel Sanders standing outside eating chicken around the world's largest frying pan. That's uh, amazing. You're in the right frame of mind doing that. You're really going to get thrown <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. If, you, if you look at the Colonel Sanders, uh, if you look at him on the, bu the bucket of chicken and you, you mm. see that yeah, he's got the, the tie, you know, he's got his tie on, but it also looks like he's got a tiny body. And if you, you look at it that, that way, you, you're not going to be able to. Uh, yeah, that, that's on Instagram. I was like, I can't see this. <laughs> right. Um, London, Kentucky. Yeah, London, Kentucky. So anyway, AJ Green, Julio Jones, right? So it was a class of, I think, 08? Carolina. Or seven. Yeah. I think it was a seven. No, because Julio was in Saban's first. Full class, oh, been, oh, yeah. Oh, seven was her yeah. last year in high school. Oh, class of 08. yeah, that yeah, they right. played in oh, seven, yeah. but it's class of oh, yep. yeah. I get that yep. uh, used to baffle me fault. too. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that way though now. So, um, so yeah, there was all this debate Julio or AJ, and I, and I felt at the time Julio probably had more upside physically, like, but AJ was a better natural receiver. Uh, it surprises me none that he's lasted this long in the NFL. Uh, I remember watching him against Burns, uh, and Burns had a freshman running back named Marcus Lattimore at the time uh, in the state championship game. And A.J., I guess Reed McCollum didn't have such a good day against Burns, and Burns kind of beat the poo out of him. But uh, A.J., I remember him going up and just making these towering catches. I mean, Sidney Rice was at Carolina at the time, and I, I guess the, 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 the issue – the Carolina people had with, with, with AJ not coming is he would have just stepped in and done the same thing. He's freaky. Uh, Mark Rick won that recruitment though. Cause Mark Rick, when he visited, he put it, he personally paid attention to him, put him in the golf cart, drove him around Athens, showed him, Oh, this is Georgia. I'm coach Rick, you know, Spurs just like, Hey y'all, thanks for coming. There's you, you know, um, and that wasn't Spurrier's fault. I mean, it you know Rick did a good job, but uh, that was a, that was a debate. And I ended up going with Julio Jones just because you know, and I think Julio was like third in the country. AJ was fifth. But boy, a special player, AJ Green, no doubt about it. No he was about it. he was sensational. Uh, he was sensational at Somerville. He's he's a he's a better guy. I remember when he got drafted, and I think. 
because he he ended up. Uh, I was looking at his stats last night. He ended up um, um, with about ten thousand five hundred yards overall receiving in his career, uh, seventy touchdowns. But in the first five seasons of his career, guys, he had like sixty five hundred receiving yards and like forty five touchdowns. I mean, he he was he was you couldn't cover him. And of course, uh, I think after that he. I just, I just pulled up his stats here. After the first five, he, he missed a thousand yard season in 2016 by 36 yards, and then the next year he got up over a thousand again. So you, you you could basically round that up and say the first seven years of his career he was over a thousand yards with uh, 12 57 touchdowns. So let me ask you this: Is he a is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, really, really good career. Really, really good career, but I don't know. Because at the, in the pros, yeah, AJ was just always really injury. solid and productive. You know, but he was it wasn't. You know, you never sat there and said, you know, like Devonte Smith for the Eagles. I, I can sit there and say Devonte Smith is going to be special. Yeah, even Alshon Jeffrey when he played for the Bears and then the Eagles, he you know he kind of Alshon was setting the league on fire, you know, for a while, and then. Won him a Super Bowl with the Eagles. AJ sort of lived in in, in obscurity a little bit, right? You know, because he played on some Bengals teams that weren't all that good. I mean, terrible. You know, so I don't know. Um, I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame because more people from South Carolina in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the better. You know, for me. All right, so let me give you a couple. So right now he's forty fourth on the all time receiving yards chart. Forty fourth with seventy touchdowns. I think everybody does. Everybody knows who's first, right? Jerry Rice, uh, who had 23,000 receiving oh, yeah. yards and 197 yeah. touchdowns. Um, uh, all right, so so you mentioned Julio. Julio's 16th all-time, JC. And what's interesting, though, is he has 13,629 receiving yards, but only 63 touchdowns. AJ had 70 and 3,500 less receiving yards. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry, 3,000 less receiving yards. A couple of other notables I'll throw in there. Because uh, it's hard to believe that Deshaun Jackson is still playing, but he is. He's wow, thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty seventh all time with eleven thousand two sixty three fifty eight. And how about right in front of him at thirty sixth, Nuke Hopkins from Clemson, and Nuke already has seventy one touchdowns in his career compared to AJ retiring with seventy. There's one Clemson guy. Like I'll give you one Clemson guy. I wish I would have rated higher, and then one I wish I'd have rated lower. And uh, Ricky Sapp would be the one I wish I rated lower because he just. But I didn't know he wasn't going to be able to put on the weight. But we rated him a five star. Uh, we also rated. I think, I think Jerry Hamilton and I were the only people that had Sammy Watkins as the number one receiver in the country, and he lit it on fire. But. Uh, the, the one that was too low to me was Nuke, and it was because Nuke ran a 4.8, 4.9 at a combine and did it twice. And so there were questions about his speed, but you watch that kid play basketball, and you, then you watch how he developed at Clemson. Uh, he was too low. That was one where I – and I did the same thing kind of with Junior Hemingway that uh, ended up – Tonka's brother that ended up going to Michigan. Speed was a question, and – you know, there's some guys that that 40 time doesn't matter, you know, because they're such polished route runners, so athletic and have such good hands. Um, you know, so I, I that was my bad Clemson people. I know there's several of you that stalk the show that are probably videotaping this right now and all that yeah. part. Put it in your file. Put that one in your file. Yeah. You're in your spreadsheet. That, that Put it door. in your spreadsheet, Shadow of DV. 
Put that one in your spreadsheet. You're going to clip anyway. that and make you famous up here on uh, the radio up here. Yeah, that's <laughs> such, such a dork. So dork anyways. or dweeb? What are we going with? Dork Dorkus. or dweeb? Yeah. I don't know. Remember the, word, be, remember the word dweeb? Dork. Dweeb. Beep. Dungeon. Speaking dweeb. of uh, every year, every year it happens like around the Hall of Fame because we're talking about the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, every year, Shannon Sharp comes out with his annual campaign of getting Sterling into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Should Should Sterling be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I agree. Probably so, yeah, I, I, I'm not I saying that so. because he's Garnet Black. He He Sterling Sharp. I th- I think if he was able to play his entire career, would have been the best wide receiver in the history of football. I really believe that. Sterling Sharp was really, really good. <laughs> um, and the, you can ask Brett Favre about that. And what was kind of interesting was Brett Favre through his career um, went, uh, went uh, you know, he had Sterling Sharp with the Packers. Then he had uh, Robert Brooks with the Packers. And then when he went to the Vikings, he had Sidney Rice. So he, he's been hooking up with Carolina folks. That sounded weird. He's been hooking up with Carolina receivers passing wise. Look at him. Because I, you know, Brett Favre hooking up, you know, you, you don't know the he sends a picture of his Peyton Man thing to people, you know. Like, hey, here we go. Uh, but uh anyway, that's uh he did, you know, he had some Carolina connections and Brett Favre's been around the, the program a little bit. He's he was in the building and stuff like that. So uh, I just think it's kind of neat that uh, Favre went from Sharp to Brooks and then had Rice there at the end to uh, making plays for him. But uh, yeah. I, I do. I, I think Sterling Sharp, I, I'm with you, JB, could have been one of the best ever. And, and he was really, really good. So, I mean, when um, you look at it, for what limited time it was, it was like, you know, we were just running some stats on Julio and A.J. Green. But what is this? It's like 65 touchdowns for Sterling. And less than seven thousand. No, less. Uh, what NFL statistic? Yeah, eight thousand receiving yards. Talk about yeah. efficiency. Jeez. Uh, he <laughs> was. Because yeah. what was that? Uh, one, two, three, seven years. Yeah, he played seven years. Yeah. Um. Uh, he was. Um. I think he was like all pro every year he played. I mean, if you, I, I don't know. You you just don't ever know, but. But uh, for his era of football, he was he was one of the uh, he was one of the best. And now he's one of the best golfers you'll find. Ask Meredith Taylor; she'll tell you she's played with him. She, apparently, he, on the golf course, he's he's like Spurrier and how he's like really really competitive. He hates to lose, and it's not about just like having beer and driving around and playing golf. Like if you're playing with Sterling, you better be ready to play. You know? Oh yeah, that's, that's why Spurrier always played with played with Sterling. She, me, and Sterling will go play in this tournament and win. Yeah, you know, and what they won it. <laughs> the Chick Fil A, the Chick Fil A tournament. Chick Fil A, they, they won like it almost times. every year. They almost yeah. won it every year. Um, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, this uh, this eleven ten project announcement's going to probably not be. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. Oh, we'll I still just, be on the air. Yeah, it's just we haven't uh, been canceled. I just got I just got an email. No. Uh, we'll be can, we'll be canceled over this. Uh, but yeah, uh, KFC asked why didn't Junior Hemingway come to Carolina? Carolina was second. He kind of was one of those guys at the time. Michigan or Conway had an assistant coach, 
enormous Michigan fan, right? And uh, he kind of pushed the Wolverines with, with the kid. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Junior had a really good career. I mean, he uh, there were three guys that went to Michigan from, what, like, during that era, the Spurrier era. Junior was one of them, and he was the best one. Uh, Quentin Washington went and did nothing. Adam Patterson went and did nothing. Uh, but Junior Hemingway was a uh, was a good player for them. And I think you see with Tonka now that, that there's athleticism in that family, clearly. So uh, that's the thing. Score 2 Media says, JC, were you surprised we offered Brand before Will Wilson? Uh, I, I, you know, Brand could play a number of positions. Um, I, uh, you know, with those 2025 20, quarterbacks, I think they're going to probably look at several of them. Um, and I like Wilson quite a bit. And I know the staff does too. 2025. They're already on 2025. Oh, Quantrell asked why USC didn't get 40. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp was like, oh gosh. Uh, he was with the Savannah State. He didn't really have a lot of big offers uh, and was kind of an undersized tight end that the folks in the NFL knew how to use. The Broncos knew how to use that guy big time. KFC says, uh, wonder if Debo will be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's, I think he's on his way, don't you guys? Keep it up. Just keep it up. There's a, there's a lot of – Debo's been in the league for four years, so there's a, there's a long way to go. Um, but – if he does this every single year, what he's doing, yeah, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Contrell asked, why didn't Puna Ford come to South Carolina? It's one of the saddest recruitments I've ever seen. Uh, and the best I can answer is Hilton Head High School. That's it. Yeah. The head coach there is a, is a good man. He's a good coach. But none of his players ever stay in state but, and at all. You know, and in fact, they go out Midwest – they even had, he even had a kid that went to Purdue, right? A uh, receiver that had to transfer down. He ended up at Eastern Illinois and was on an Eastern Illinois team Carolina beat the other day. So they, they just, I don't know what it is. You know, it's weird. Only in South Carolina would we have an individual that pushes Big Ten football in the Midwest. I'm like, who knew? You know, I mean, I was like, wow, you know, but that's the deal there. Um, Who didn't really call Hilton Head South Carolina? It's not. And my granddaddy called it the end of the earth because once you got past ninety, like the tip of ninety five, you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm not going any further than there," you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes you can't go any further than there because ninety five around that area sucks. Yeah, yeah, you're more out to fall in a hole than you are to cross yeah. the state line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when I was going to the bowl game, I was like, I forgot how bad this is. This is just awful. Oh, God, yeah. I've I've gotten off that bad boy before and gone down like the coastal highway and stuff yeah. around that time of year. Uh, it's crazy. Saunders says Hilton Head may as well be a suburb of Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron says hi. Meredith says, listen, she says – uh Hopped in here between golf lessons, heard my name. Yeah. Sterling is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that, there you go. That's it. Oh, yeah. There's That's no more it. no more conversation. It's no, done. No. She's spoken. This is, a, this is a good question from Macadino Podcast uh, from the award-winning Nana Sports chat box, by the way. He says, do you think it's premature the media is already putting Tennessee as the second-best team in the East? They lost a lot. It seems like the media is making the same mistake they made with us in 2014. Uh, I think Tennessee's got issues on defense still, uh, and I don't know – they did much to fix it. 
I, I think they've got some good young players uh, defensively coming in that in a few years their D-line will be really, really good. But your defense is always going to be exposed when you run that style of offense. So they're always going to give up points no matter how talented they are. And I thought they did a really good job on defense till they played Carolina. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought that was an overachieving part. Um, I think everybody's looking at Joe Milton's last two games and thinking, you know, why wow, this guy's fixed. He's good, you know. Uh, even the long touchdown he threw against Carolina, then they beat, beat Vandy 56-0 and whipped Clemson pretty good in the bowl game. And they're just thinking they'll keep on rolling. Also, I'll say this. Media loves offense. Okay? So if you've got an offensive team that's, that's really good and, and then you got a team like Carolina's like special teams oriented or defense oriented, that's uh, that's gonna um, that's not they're not gonna be as high as that high flying offensive attack and I, and I think and look Tennessee was eleven and two Carolina was eight and five so yeah maybe they don't think Carolina's quite there yet but yeah I I, I think South Carolina Tennessee behind Georgia next year um, and and I think it's actually gonna work in the Gamecocks favor if if UT is like the consensus number two or whatever. Because that next team in the East, if you ever notice, when they're hyped in the offseason, they tend to fizzle. Think about think about the 18 Gamecocks. Think about uh, 19 with Missouri, the Kelly Bryant National Championship Missouri team, you know. Yeah. They were 6-6, six six, the coach got fired. 2020, it was Kentucky. 2021, it was Missouri again. Uh, and then, you know, 2022 – it wasn't Tennessee. They weren't talking about Tennessee. They were talking about somebody picked Kentucky to go eleven and one. I think that was, they finished that, seven and eight and five, seven and six, right? That was uh either Doring or Chris Doring. It was Chris Doring. Yeah. Yeah, eleven Chris. and they, one. They give, they give him hell about that all all the time. I yeah. yeah. JC, we need to hit a timeout. Mark's going to join us at twelve thirty five. And so Sweet. uh we need to go to break. We'll have a short segment and then we'll get back. Uh, so we can spend the rest of the afternoon with head coach Mark Kingston. So uh, we had a quick, quick timeout, and we'll be right back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks. The show, everybody, is presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give them a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to talk to you about bringing some sunshine into your life this summer. And mention that you heard it here and go with a project. They'll give you $500 off the project. And as everybody knows, I've got a hamster on a wheel that I crack the whip on every time you can't see me off screen so that I don't get uh, dinged by our friends at PETA. But, uh, Jamie, why don't you <laughs> tell, tell everybody uh, a better option for my little hamster here who's uh, who, who could be powering the show with something uh, from one of our sponsors. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Uh, I, I had no idea what was happening there. But, uh, yeah, we are powered by Electric Bites of Charleston, the home of a Vinton, a, home of a Vinton, Velotric, and Magnum bikes and more. And they say it's the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. So if you're enjoying watching or listening to us, or maybe you can't watch us during the 11 to 1 o'clock hours every day, you just put it in your ears. And you hop on an event and bike or whatever electric bike you choose that you purchased from Electric Bikes of Charleston. And that's really going to be fun on two wheels uh, wherever you're headed. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Multiple designs for easy street biking. There's off-road bikes like the beach or the mountains. Maybe you get one that you want to take to the beach and the mountains. It didn't matter. They'll go up to 28 miles an hour, almost as fast as Nicholas Harbor can run the 100 meter dash so make sure you find them at electricbikescharleston.com these things uh they 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 go faster than i drive they are really really cool but remember you don't actually have to always just be cruising around in pedal assist mode you can ride the bike and then once you've gone 30 miles and you say oh bleep i gotta ride 30 miles back home that's when you put it in pedal assist mode, uh, and it'll get you all the way home. Electricbikescharleston.com, powering inside the Gamecocks. The show, um, JC, Phil and I were talking the other day because I know that, uh, I know that, um, you know, people are interested in the, uh, you know, the preseason rankings and stuff like that. Phil and I actually, next week, we're, we're going to come out with our 2026 preseason rankings. Um, and, um, you know, because nothing can change between now and then, so we sh- we should be fine. 
Um, I, I always find it, and I'm not picking on Mac and Dino, especially in today's world with the transfer portal and all the crap that can happen between now and the regular season, like these people that, oh, yeah, here's our uh, preseason rankings. I'm like, they don't even know who's on the team. Like, I, <laughs> I, the, the coach doesn't know who's on the team. How are we supposed to know who's on the team? Like, I so can't rank any portal period, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, 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 I can, I'm dumbfounded by a lot of the stuff that comes out with football. I mean, I know why it is. We work in the industry. You know why it is? Because they make money on that. That's why they do it. It's like you, you get to May starts list season. There's yeah. all these lists. Talking to you. The, the 15, you know, the 15 most unlikely but likely players to make plays. And, you know, here's 25 names that we drew out of a hat. Let's just say that. All right, today's list at 25 names we drew out of a hat. Here we go. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Brian wants to know if Coach Kingston has beaten the Clemson out of the Clemson transfers. We'll ask him. No, nah, uh, they got out. I mean, they, 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 that was interesting. How, how many of them are two, three, three? There's Dylan and, uh, I know Ricky is yeah. Jonathan French, first, Jonathan French. So they, uh, <laughs> a lot of former Tigers on the roster this year. Yeah. Uh, I would not, by the way, although Monty is quote unquote a former Tiger, he's a Gamecock. He's always yeah. been a Gamecock. And oh yeah, he was. That was. Born. I told him I, when he when he when I knew he was coming, I texted him. I said, "I'm glad you're out of that phase of your life." <laughs> I'm glad he grew up. Well, he, made, phase were... dude, he made life really hard on guys like me and <laughs> Smoke and all. We I mean, were like, man. Like we really want you to win because it's you, but dude, we just can't do it. Like can't pull for you. Pull like, for you. Yeah, that's I mean, realistic. Joel chimes in says Coach Kingston has one forty plus season win season as a coach ever. I think there's a golden opportunity to get to forty this year. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really. I, I love I love the scheduling philosophy this year. I love it because they 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 had to you UMass Lowell. You couldn't just play UMass. I mean, you know, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I mean, but that's uh, I, I'm 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 loving it. I'm just loving it because that's gonna the record's gonna look all pretty and nice until they hit the SEC. And you know, I, I don't think we're gonna have to sit there and ponder if this team will make the tournament uh, to you know past a certain point of the year. Oh, Hopefully. it's well, and this this league, man, you know, it's it's so unforgiving. There's there's really never been anything like it in in college athletics, where where you've got almost every team in there is unbelievable. I mean, I think ten are like in the top twenty five. Ole Miss and, was the last team in the tournament last year and won the whole thing. Won the World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, this is you, you're going to lose games in this league. It, it is going to absolutely happen, and um, you know if if you go run out there and win 14, 15 games in the SEC in a season like this, man, you you got a chance to go a long way. I mean, you you just really do. You're you're good. And you're about to add Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get both in the College World Series mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I mean, Omaha is going to be like that. They need to move the College World Series out of Omaha and move it to uh, Nashville, you know, Atlanta or Nashville. I'm just kidding. Nah. I don't. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like that. No, I think no, no. It's been in Omaha for a hundred years or so. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't want them to move. Omaha, but, uh, Omaha, absolutely. That's what you say. I mean, that's uh, uh, what Jack Leggett had Omaha stitched across the back of their and Carolina. <laughs> he 
Just, well, yeah, Omaha, but better not play South Carolina they, on the way. Clemson, Clemson puts down. Omaha in their hats. We put a, we put it on our banners or something like that. Yeah. Look, man, I, I'll say this too. I don't care if Clemson wins that rivalry, wins the in-season series 20 years in a row. Gamecocks have bragging rights all time. Yeah. All right, we're going to hit a break, right? Mark Kingston, head <laughs> baseball coach, University of South Carolina, coming up on the other side. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Daddy. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. It's on! With a diving Another long ball! It is gone! Andrew Eichner is going to walk it off! A no-doubter for Disher! Three runs shot by Christian Walker with two outs! And South Carolina wins! And they're still alive! Over the head! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. We are live from the Sinorama Studios, and we are pleased to have as a guest on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than the men's baseball coach for South Carolina, Mark Kingston. Coach, how are you doing today? Good to have you. 
Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. That uh, intro right there gave me some chills looking at some of those pictures <laughs> and hearing those calls on the radio. And that was that was a pretty cool intro right there. Saw a lot of guys I recognized. I saw Coach Reigns uh, and Coach and Bobby Bobby Richardson on there. And actually, Bobby's coming to talk to our team today. And June is coming to our first pitch banquet tomorrow. So, yeah, love, love seeing the history in that intro. That was great. I'm just happy to hear that you saw who was in the intro because well, I, I was a little lingo too. So I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know <laughs> I don't needed to be in there as much as those guys. Dude, well, give us line four, coach. Give us that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, you're giving all the inside dope. I don't know if I can trust you now. You know, <laughs> when you're a coach, when you're a coach, you learn which media you can give stuff off the record yeah. and you can give the inside yeah. dope. So for your listeners out there, that eye chart right there. I told I told Jamie early on, hey, I might have to come on a little bit later. I'm at the eye doctor today, and he gave me some good jokes like I was an umpire. You know, those jokes might have worked like if I was an umpire um, about going to see an eye chart, but as a coach, not so much. But I'll yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll follow up with Monty and Scotty later on down the road and see. You know, if you're writing Wimmer into left field and you know uh, Messina into center field, we're, we're going to know there's. We're going, we got to fix something. Well, that would be uh, more of a brain issue than it would be a, an eye. <laughs> an eye issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, all right, so uh, reminded everybody, uh, 1.30 on Saturday's Fan Fest. You've got, I think today starts five scrimmages or so this week, and then you'll kind of wrap it up and start to get get uh, get ready for the season next week. So just, um, you know how I do it. I, I kind of let you take it from here. You know, take us around the diamond and tell us how you're feeling about each position, and then we'll we'll get to the staff in just a little bit. So you want me to do all the work for you? Well, it's easier for you to say what you want. If I give you the whole starting lineup today, I mean, what excitement is there going to be leading up to opening day and checking out that first release from our SID and, and, you know, the conversation an hour before the game? I can't believe he's playing. Why is he hitting third? Why why is he the first out of the pen? I mean, if I give you all the info you're asking for right now, what are you going to possibly be able to talk about and debate on your show? I don't – I don't – no, me. I don't debate any of your any of your decisions. I just uh, I just laugh at all the other coaches. Lots of other people do. I mean, it's like hey, you, 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 on our website they post when Whittle posts the lineup before a game. You would not believe the discussion that takes yeah. place every single time. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Well, that's what sports is all about. They've got to give, give a lot of people a lot of reasons to talk, whether it's fathers and sons, whether it's fans, whether it's how you make a lot of friends and, and, and who you hold company with. Sports provides a ton of conversation, good and bad, and sometimes informed, sometimes not informed. Um, but, yeah, that's part of being in sports. It gives you guys something to talk about it. If we didn't have fans that disagreed, if we didn't have coaches that disagreed, what would we really talk about? You got you got to pull the audience before you write the lineup card. You, you yeah, I should probably do that, right? You know. All right. Well, how about the catcher sure, position? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean that that's a position that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you're deep. You you've got a bunch of guys back there. I know you like them. Yeah, I do. You know, Messina and Lee Croy probably are the top two guys you're looking at right now. They've really made a nice jump, and I think you'll you'll hear that as a theme on our team this year is just the jump that a lot of freshmen have, have made from their first year to their second year. And Lee Croy and Messina are definitely in that category. Uh, they've both become stronger. Uh, they're both more mature. They both know the game much better. Uh, and their approaches at the plate have really significantly improved. And so that's a really nice development for us. Uh, Messina had a great year in the Northwoods League last summer. 
uh, which really helped spur his development. Uh, Lee Croy was a little bit hurt last summer, so didn't play as much, but he's been as good a hitter as we've had in terms of just giving you quality at bats um, and putting the ball in play, moving the ball around. Uh, so I would say those right now are the top two guys. Jonathan French, who came over from Clemson, is probably the three right now, but because Messina and Lee Croy can play other positions, i.e. first base, third base. Uh, French could see action as well. And so we feel good about that position. Xander Buchan will provide depth as, as a freshman from AC Flora. Um, and so I think early on in the season, you'll, you'll see Lee Croy and Messina sharing the duties, and we'll kind of see how it evolves from there. But on the days Messina doesn't catch, uh, you may see him at other positions, i.e. DH, first base, third base, um, and the same with Lee Croy. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna do my very best to not hijack this whole thing. So I know Phil and JC want to ask a bunch of questions, and I can talk baseball all day, obviously. You all know that, but um, but but I want to expand on the depth thing a little bit because I think a lot of times you see catchers, fans do, and they, you know, and all, and all they're all they're thinking is framing, blocking, hitting. Uh, there's not a whole lot more to it. Well, there, there's a lot. Handling the staff is important. How, how are they in their development there? Because you've got a really good staff. We'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, well, they're sophomores, so they're not finished products by any means. You know, and that's where myself and Coach Parker especially need to be a big part of, of what we're doing in terms of their relationships and a constant reminder, something we tell our catchers all the time, is you have to have a split personality. You have to be one guy on defense and then one guy as a hitter, and they can't, they can't cross over. Uh, if you had a tough at bat with the bases loaded, you popped out and you're upset, you can't take that behind the plate because that pitcher is counting on you and this team is counting on you. So that's something we talk about all the time. Our guys really care. Uh, the guys we're talking about behind the plate truly care about Gamecocks winning baseball games. And so they know that that having that, that uh, persona is really important for them. So uh, I don't have a, a whole lot of concern with them in terms of really being invested in helping the pitchers on every pitch. Uh, but again, they're sophomores. They still, they, as all young players have, they're still maturing to do. They're still uh, learning the game and, and all the nuances of it. But I feel good about it. And when we see when we see areas that are not being done quite as as well as they need to be, it's where Coach Parker and I can step in and, and continue that guidance. JC, Coach, uh, looking at the schedule this year, um, it kind of took me back. I've been harping on this because I I I love it. I think it's, you know, in the SEC, sometimes uh, it's such a difficult league that, you know, you, you, you probably don't benefit a whole lot from going out and, and, and scheduling things every single year that are competitive. Plus, there's a Clemson series. But this schedule looks like it's set up for you guys to get off to a fantastic start record-wise uh, to be able to go out and build that momentum towards the, the Southeastern Conference season and put yourself in a, in a great position prior to conference play starting. Uh, can you speak to that? Did, did, did you kind of pull back a little bit on the scheduling this year or uh, was it not intentional or, or, or I, I don't, or am I missing like that UMass Lowell's probably pretty good and Bethune Cookman's probably pretty good, you know, just cause uh, admittedly I didn't, I don't deep dive into all those teams uh, all the time in baseball. Yeah. Well, first I'm distracted by the description uh, underneath your name on the screen. Uh, as you were asking that question, I couldn't help but be distracted by the clown, uh, the clown comment under there. So I know, I know. That's a, that's a... I hope I answer your question appropriately uh, because of that. But you know, again, no coach will ever tell you they have an easy game coming up. No coach will ever say, sure. "Yeah, we're scheduling anything other than a challenge." Um, to your point, we play thirty SEC games, and every one of those games with throughout the league can go 
any way, any day, no matter who's playing who in, in those 30 games. We play the Clemson series, which is another three games on top of that, which in any given year, whoever gets the breaks may win that series. We also play North Carolina and Charlotte, which is a tremendous game. So right out of the gate, you're talking about 34 games there that are that are barn burners that are going to be really tough games and for anybody playing in those games. And so ideally along the way, you want to schedule in a way that, that will challenge your team, but also maybe not overwhelm your team. As, as you guys know, we, we had Texas on the schedule the last few years and Two years ago, I thought it served us very well because it, I think it was the difference RPI wise in, in allowing us to host a regional that year. And so, but then there are other years where you're like, enough is enough. 34 of those are, are plenty. And, and we'll schedule teams that, you know, on, on good days, if we play well, we should be able to take care of business. But as you guys know, no coach will ever say that's a guaranteed win. There's no such thing. Not in our sport. Uh, maybe no, in football, maybe, maybe in basketball, if you've got LeBron, you, there's certain teams you're guaranteed to beat. But in baseball, there's so much that, that goes to, did you hang one curveball and the wind's blowing out and it turned into a three-run homer? Or is it, is it that day where every ball you hit hard is right at a guy? So there's, there's a lot, lot more that is to be left for chance in baseball. But do I think we should get off to a good start? Yes. Do we respect the teams we're playing? Absolutely. Uh, the teams we're playing have veteran presences and a lot of older guys and you know, that's the thing that we talk about in baseball and college baseball, especially one because of COVID and two because of the transfer portal. Uh, the floor on most teams is higher than it's been in a long time, especially with what would be called mid-major teams. The floor is much higher because those teams are much older and they've got graduate students and they've got 23 and 24 year olds playing. So in the old days, you could play a mid-major team, know that half the team was young and they just weren't prepared to play in this environment. But when you have 23, 22, 24-year-olds, uh, they have a chance to play solid baseball. And, and if you screw things up, then you can get beat on any given day. So um, all that is to say the RPI generally is taken care of with our schedule in the SEC, with playing Clemson, with playing North Carolina. And past that, we want to try to win as many games as we possibly can. Yeah, Coach Mark Kingston, head baseball coach at South Carolina. Pitching, pitching, pitching. And with a lot of those northern teams and a lot of these things that people never heard of, they, they sometimes forget a lot of those northern teams can pitch because there's snow on the ground. They're, they're inside, and, and they're, they always hump somebody out there who can toss 95 and, and hang a you know, 12-6 breaking ball or some kind of crazy slider you've never seen. But your guys can do that, too. They're pretty good. It, it, I don't know how far you'll take it, but it, do, how, how deep do you feel this staff is compared to years past and without injury, of course, right? And – in history, in past history with South Carolina, the, the best pro, the best teams they've generally had, they have a, a really solid back end presence. The, the Matt Prices of the world, the John Taylors, and then you know before that, uh, Lee Gronkiewicz and so on and so forth. How do you feel about your bullpen? I know all these positions are going to iron themselves out. You'll find roles for guys, but but talk about the depth and do you have any of those roles defined? I feel really good about our pitching. It's hard not to. If you watch us play every day and you watch the talent we're running out there, it's hard to not feel really good about it. And again, I have to knock on wood because we have to stay healthy. We felt pretty good about it last year, and then we were decimated, absolutely decimated um, with the injuries that, that struck us last year. And as you guys know, um, we had to pitch Michael Braswell some, and we had to pitch Jalen Vazquez some. And so that's how, that's how decimated we were. That, that should not be the case this year. Um, again, but once bitten, twice shy. You're, as a coach now, once you go through that once, I'll be worried about that the rest of my career in terms of, okay, what's a pitching look, uh, looking like? 
But when you start with Will Sanders and Noah Hall as your two two of your returning weekend starters, you know you can match up with anybody. And Will Sanders, if he stays healthy, will be a first rounder. And he's taken another step. You know what what you remember of Will Sanders last year? It's a better, stronger, more polished version than what you saw last year. So tremendous. Uh, Noah Hall is as good a competitor as you've ever seen. Um, and I would compare him to a lot of guys that have had great success here in the past. Maybe not the 6'3 profile pitcher, but an ultimate competitor, a guy that will do anything to win. And, and he has more weapons this year as well. His velocity has spiked up. We saw a 95 and a 96 earlier this spring, where last year he was in that 91 to 93 range. So we can win on any day those guys pitches, no matter no, when they pitch, we can beat anybody, bottom line. And so uh, past that, you know, the other four guys that have been in contention for the Saturday and the Sunday spots have been Jack Mahoney, who had a great freshman year before he got hurt, missed all of last year on the mound. Um, but he's a big time pro prospect. The other day he was 97 miles an hour on most of his fastballs. Cool. Um, Matthew Becker, you guys know Matthew Becker had some unbelievable moments last year as a freshman lefty. Uh, beat Texas, had a great outing, you know, against some really big time teams, uh, gave Tex Tennessee as many fits as just about any starting pitcher did all year. So he's in contention there. Uh, you're looking at uh, James Hicks, who, again, was hurt last year, missed all of last year, uh, but was still drafted by the Baltimore Orioles to give you an idea of the quality of pitcher he is. Uh, he decided to come back. So he's in contention. And then we have a freshman that's about as unique and talented as, as I've had in my career. Um, and I say that saying that I recruited and coached Shane McClanahan, who started for the American League in the All-Star game uh, this past summer. Uh, Eli Jerzenbeck is in that same category. Now, what his role will be early in the season is still to be determined. We're going to see, you know, um, again, we talk as coaches every day. What's the best role for this guy? How do the pieces of the puzzle fit together? Um, but you're looking at those six guys probably who are uh, – most in contention for the Saturday, excuse me, the Sunday and the Monday, Tuesday spot. And the other guys will go to the bullpen. So I feel the starting rotation will be very well taken care of. And whoever spills over from those will go to the bullpen to join a lot of other really, really good arms back there. So you're, you're only as good as your pitching. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like our pitching should be in really good shape, provided we stay healthy. I cannot wait to see those guys play. How would you describe your offense? Because I, you know, some years you, you got a bunch of big bangers, some some years you don't. Uh, yeah. I feel like you got a bunch of guys that can do a lot of things. How would you describe it? I think it's going to be more a little more balanced than than what we've had in the past. And again, you know, I, I compare. And I think I said this at a press conference recently. I compare what you want and what you have are rarely are rarely the same two things. You know, what does a football coach want? He wants to be able to run the ball. He wants to be able to throw it deep. He wants to pound the ball. He wants to have speed on the out. You want everything. You know, and a baseball coach is no different. You want speed. You want power. You want clutch hitting. You want two-strike hitting. Uh, you want left, right. You want it all. You want older guys, but a couple of young, talented guys sprinkled. You want it all. And rarely as a coach, when you have 11.7 scholarships, do you have it all. Um, what this team will be, I think, is a nice balance of left-right. I think most days we'll be able to start at least four left-handed hitters that are quality, older-type hitters. Um, I think we're going to have some – we're going to have a number of guys that can go double-digit homers. Um, as I'm looking at the guys that are projectable starters, uh, 
Danny and Brewer, two transfers, have both are both left-handed athletic outfielders who both have had seasons where they hit double-digit homers. Uh, Gavin Cassis is a guy that from Vanderbilt that will be a double-digit home run guy. Uh, Wimmer has had a double-digit home run season. Uh, Wilma Gillis, who probably will play second base, hit 16 homers for Southern Miss last year, um, and on and on. And so, uh, and the, maybe the most improved player on our team, and maybe. Arguably one of the best hitters on our team right now is Carson Horna, uh, who now is up to yeah. 230 pounds and hits the ball as far as any and hard and as consistently as anybody we have. So I think you're going to see a good left-handed balance, which we have struggled to have the last couple of years. They can, in terms of speed, Wimmer can steal bases, Stone can steal bases, Brewer can steal bases. And we have a young freshman that probably is not quite ready to be a starter yet named Will Tippett. Uh, who's a switch hitter from Georgia, can play any position on the field, including shortstop. Uh, and, he, and he's a 6'5 runner, so he'll he'll be able to steal bases. And then, uh, you know, the guys like McGillis can also steal bases in the right spots and the right opportunities when the matchups uh, allow it. So I think it's going to be a team, again, that that I don't know that we're going to bludgeon people. Like we all want to be able to bludgeon people. I don't think we're going to be that offense. But, again, when you have the type of pitching we have, it's hard to say you can afford unbelievable pitching and unbelievable offense and unbelievable defense. You've got to borrow from Peter to pay Paul sometimes. And so um, I think this offense, though, will be able to really complement the pitching we have. And I think it will play pretty darn good defense on most days. How about Braswell? How's he doing? Yeah, Braswell's doing fine, um, but he's he's in competition to be a starter right now. You know, there you will see guys that played on last year's team every day, no matter what, that are now fighting for spots. And I think that speaks that's to, good. I think that's that speaks to the talent level on our team. It speaks to the influx of new players we have. That you've got guys that there were no doubt starters last year that are now fighting for playing time, and and I would put him in that category. All right, I got to ask you about Monty. I got to ask you about Monty. I know, I'm just, again, I'm stealing the show here. I've known Monty for my whole life almost. Uh, he's, uh, when I knew that you were bringing him on staff, Coach, uh, that was awesome, and, and I'm so proud you did. I don't think a lot of people – I think a lot of people looked at it. Clemson coach, Carolina coach, are they going to get along? Why don't you tell people how y'all get along? We get along great, and I'm sure if you ask Monty, he'll tell you the same thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Number one, it's got to start with a mutual respect, which we have always yeah. had for each other. Number two, there has to be great communication, and we're both – we love talking the game. I mean, we sometimes we talk the game. I'll shoot him a text at midnight, and he'll give me back his reply, and, and then I'll call him and say, all right, let's talk this through. Uh, it's been tremendous. And once he's taken that uniform off from the other team and, and put this one back on – and, again, it's a reminder, he was here um, – much yeah. much sooner than he was the other place. And so uh, it's almost like a homecoming of sorts for him. I think that was important to note. He was a part of some really good teams uh, a while ago. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, as a head coach, you have to have the confidence and belief that, hey, anything that can help our program, I will bring in. And, you know, I'm not worried about um, uh, anything other than this guy was the best guy to help us win games. I'm confident in my skin. I'm confident in how we operate that I don't need to worry about him you know, doing anything other than what we all want to do. And that's win as many games as we possibly can develop our players and run as good a program as there is in the country. And so we get along great. Um, and it starts with that mutual respect. And, and we both love, just love talking baseball. We love teaching the game. And so it's been great. It's been a great pairing. Guys, you'll get anything. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, um, my fiance is a proud graduate of Illinois State University. No way. Uh, 
I have no idea how you won there in baseball. So congratulations with that. That's it's cold. It's cold. I mean, you're on the prairie. I mean, I, that's impressive. So I, I, I didn't want to say that, but no, it's um. Well, she's a she's a redbird. I mean, I you know we talk about it sometimes. I mean, I well, some places are easy to win and some are not. And so I think I think yeah. you prove as much when you go places that are tough to win and you do things that have never been done. You know, I think sure. I think that. Again, I think that gets people's attention. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to mention that and kind of bring it back to, you know, having been at a place a place like that, and then also a Tulane back in the day when they were rolling, and USF is a job that uh, should be better than it was before you took it over, and then getting into the SEC. Now you've been here six years. Um, is there a preference uh, to that, or is there a, a what are kind of kind of some of the you know, the ways that you kind of through your career have adapted and, and struck the balance going from places where, you know, you do things for the first time, whatever, to a place where expectations are arguably through the roof and out of control at times. Yeah. Well, for a clown, that's a really good question. And so I think we may have to change that name under your, under there. So, yeah. I need a red nose. I need my red nose. Yeah. Here's what I would say. And again, that's a deep and I think it's a really good, fair question. Um, Everywhere I've been, I've learned something. Um, and, I, and I feel like one of the reasons why Coach Tanner brought me here is because I didn't skip steps, because I proved at very tough places that we could overachieve. Um, and I, but I, by the same token, I'd also worked under some tremendous mentors in Jim Morris, who's a Hall of Famer, and Rick yeah. Jones at Tulane, who's a Hall of Famer. Um, and so I paid my dues. And and we had success everywhere we've been. And so you take pride when you go to an Illinois state and they hadn't done much for a long, long time. And you win three championships in six years, you know, between the tournament and, and the regular season. I think that opens eyes. And that's what led to getting to go to South Florida. And when we got to South Florida, they hadn't made a regional in 13 years. And we went to in the three years that we were there. And so you work your way up the ladder and you do you learn a little bit from everywhere there's some things that are the same no matter where you go. And then there's some things that are drastically different. Um, on opening day here at South Carolina, we hope to have eight, 9,000, you know, coming through the gates to watch us play. When you're at Illinois State, it's moms and dads and girlfriends and, you know, and, and so, but on the base, on the, on the diamond between the lines, you know, you're still coaching players that want to get to pro ball. I mean, we had, had major leaguers, Paul DeYoung and Brock Stewart are guys we, recruited and coached at Illinois state that are major league baseball players. So you're still coaching a good caliber of player. You just have more of that here. And so, you know, my experiences at Miami, I would say probably most closely resemble what South Carolina is. It's a program that has won national championships. It's a program that has a very demanding fan base. It has a, it has um, expectations that are through the roof, which is fine. That's why you work your ass off to get to a place like this. You don't run from them. You don't hide from them. Um, you just do everything you can to have success. And most of the time you do. Um, we've had, you know, some really good success here, not the ultimate success, which we're working for. And sometimes things out of your control go against you and, and cut, kind of cut your legs out from underneath you. So what I've learned, and again, going back to Miami, uh, the most similar program, you put your head down, you recruit your ass off, you coach your guys, you create a great environment. 
and you put the blinders on, um, you know, learn that early on, you put the blinders on and you do everything you can to cre uh, create the best outcome for yourself. And the bigger the program, the more fans there are going to be. And the more fans there are, the more disgruntled fans are going to be, you know, <laughs> look, fans have the right to be happy or upset or, or somewhere in the middle. I'm a, I'm a Miami dolphins fan heavy for 40 years now. And, there are times I'm really happy with what they're doing. And there's times, man, I, why didn't they do this? Or why did they run the ball there? Or why, how come we didn't throw or get the play? You know what? We need to get the play in in time. But at the end of the day, I love the Dolphins. I love, you know, the direction. And, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's what it's all about. You and Darius, y'all can share a, share a, a, a cry together. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, yeah. next, next, next season. By the way, speaking of the NFL, are you in, was it last year or the year before? I know we got to go, and I know we got to let you run. You got to actually coach a baseball team. Um, that uh, didn't you? You and the Beamers didn't y'all get together for a Super Bowl? Are y'all doing the Super Bowl extravaganza again? No, actually, I host our team for the Super Bowl every year. Our oh. guys will all put on their favorite football jersey, and I, and we have the the team over to our house. Um, you know, players, staff, families uh, over to my house for the Super Bowl. Beamer and I last year watched the NCAA uh, football championship together. And That's right. We, since that led to us having, you know, un, bad luck last year in baseball, I, I banged that this year. We didn't do that. Um, we're going to change our major. And so he took all the luck. So we decided to, to skip that this year. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame you. You know, he's he he's he can't bring luck to everybody. It's you know, it just is what it is. Well, look, um, uh, as always, thank you. you. You always respond to everything I've ever asked for. It really means a lot. I appreciate it, and um, certainly looking forward to seeing you next weekend for opening day. By the way, I'm I don't know what's happened to it, but I'm a little short on gear. You think oh, I could slide in and grab some very gear? Very subtle, huh? Guys, did you teach him how to be so subtle? Yeah, I mean, I slide right well, in. Well, I figured if know? I put you on the spot, I, I'd get some somehow. Uh, was funny. You know, sometimes we we refer to stuff like that as, oh, he's trying to do the old Jedi mind trick on me. But you didn't even attempt that. You just went, you just went right for the straight ask. Well, I'll see what we can do. Just because I'm so impressed with the gumption right there, I'll uh, – I'll, That's I'll amazing. Well, right. I, every time I ask Wingo, you know, his response is, yeah, yeah, all right. Oh, look, there's a squirrel. You know, you're like, Scotty, you know, I, I – Lock it in, Scotty. Lock it in. I just need a shirt, man. Like, I, that's all I'm trying to – I'm trying to help here, you know. <laughs> um, so, right, well, I, I will touch base with you when, when we when we get up there, and I'm, I'm trying to get bring my children up so they can catch their first game Sounds baseball great. game as Sounds well. Great. But uh, as I tell you all the time, see you in Omaha. But, and really appreciate it. And uh, can't wait to watch your guys play. This is going to be a good year. I'm excited. Appreciate it, guys. No, it will be, and we're not going to go undefeated. So just understand that no. we're not we're no. not the '72 Miami Dolphins. So we will not go wow. undefeated. So just no. stay yeah. the course. Stay the course. You know what? The quote I'm going to give our team today is from Thomas Edison about how you know creating the light bulb took a lot of failures and a lot of attempts before you found the right way to make the perfect light bulb. And so. We will experiment throughout, you know, the early part of the season, and we will try things until we find the absolute best combination uh, as we as we head into the SEC. So um, just know we're not going to go undefeated. We're going to fight our ass off to fight every game. Uh, and when it doesn't, you know, try not to pile on too much. <laughs> well, if I tell you what, if you do go undefeated, that would that will be uh, no one's ever done that before. So it would yeah, be, and, it, and nobody ever will in baseball. Not in baseball. <laughs> no, no, we not will not be the first team. 56 and 0. 
No, it would oh, be more like it. 70, you know, after 70, you get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ah, yeah. 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 Didn't meet yeah. expectations because he went 67 <laughs> and three, you know. Yeah. 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 Crazy, crazy times, man. Crazy times. You're the man, Coach King. Thank you, man. Thanks. Go get him. We'll see you soon. My Thanks, pleasure, coach. guys. Thanks for having me Thanks on. Thanks so much, Mark. Always. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mark Kingston, the head baseball coach of uh, South Carolina. I know we, we kept him for 30 minutes. I'm sure he's thrilled about that. But yeah. But good, pretty good. Pretty good stuff there. Right? He had some good answers, long in-depth answers. You know, he, yeah. he could have been like Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati, right? We're we're on we're on to UMass Lowell, <laughs> right? We're, we're, we're on, on to UMass, UMass Lowell. Lowell. Yeah, yeah, that's Phil. Yeah, that's a great Belichick. We're on to UMass Lowell. We're on Phil, to Lowell. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up. Oh, you want to listen to the show every day? Yeah. It can't be beat. Yes. I'm going to make it up. All right. It's Take amazing how many guys in college baseball throw a, almost 100 miles an hour now. That's I couldn't crazy. believe he was like 97. I'm like, jeez, come on. Uh, hey, Vandy and Florida have been doing this for a while. Yep. I'm, I'm glad we're in the in the mix. So. It is. It's like that uh, volcano program that uh, you and Mike Morgan talk about, JC, on football. This is South Carolina is a baseball volcano program. Yeah. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll Let's meet again tomorrow at 11, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll I just got a tickle out of watching myself go back. Right, I was just like, I was like, he's in trance, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. See y'all tomorrow. Let's get out of here, Percy. <laughs>